0: Well, welcome back to the After Hours Podcast here at Midwest Whitetail. We're bringing you episode five, and as it stands at recording, it is 1212 12 at night here. We just got done recording this a couple of hours ago, so trying to get this turned around as fast as possible, whether you're watching here on YouTube, listening, we appreciate you taking the time to join and tag along, and hopefully this one is something that you take some key points away. We're joining Gavin Coturbo, who's going to give us a public land update, some of the things that he's been seeing out there. And then we're going to join Aiden Epperson, who walks us through a story that came to fruition pretty fast on November 1st. Him and his brother Avery, along with Tyler Bellman, got access to a property somewhere there in the middle of October, speed scouted it, and Chasing November stayed true to its name and these guys had an incredible haunt. So he's going to walk us through the process, how they figured out the farm, some of the observations they made, and then ultimately a preview of the episode that will soon follow on the main show with the actual video footage. And then finally, we get an update on DK. If you've been following our social media, you know, Mike Reed was able to put that buck down. This cold front that we've been talking about paired with that late October, it just brought some of the best action in Midwest Whitetail history. And so we're going to give you some sneak peeks at the footage of DK, what he looks like, and hope you guys enjoy it. Hope there's some great takeaways from it for you that you can apply to your own hunting as I said, November 4th right now, so good luck if you're hunting today. Please let us know in the comments how your hunts are going, what you're seeing. And before we get into the podcast, I wanna bring attention to our Chasing November giveaway. Super easy entry, as I talked about in the last one, all you gotta do is go visit Arctic Shield on Instagram, follow their link tree, there's a Chasing November section right there. Go ahead and click on that, go ahead and follow and enter the information required, follow the partners, and you're gonna be entered to win some great prizes. So. Appreciate you guys taking the time to watch. Without further ado, let's jump to the action and hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, well, welcome back to the fifth episode of the After Hours podcast. And we have got three awesome guests that are going to bring some good action your way josh Parks here no updates have not been hunting but that is totally fine because mr Aiden epperson northern missouri was able to put a buck down november 1st second yeah. 1st that's a great story obviously if you've been following social media it's no secret that the legend of dk has come to a close on the river farm and then gavin has also been continuing his public land quest so without further ado I say we jump right into it, Gavin, how's the hunting been? Yeah, it's been
1: definitely eventful. I mean, the public land is producing for sure. It's, it's awesome to see a ton of deer on public in general and good caliber bucks at that. So, you know, there was a lot of corn around the public this year, way more than I had seen in in previous years and they're just now getting all of it out. And so in the past like week, I've had multiple different bucks showing up uh, that I'd never seen before. And um, it's been really cool to see lots of good action. We had a, a hunt near bedding area the other night, saw certainly not anything big, but I think five different bucks in, in and in a Dauphin or something like that. But I mean, super,
0: super exciting to have those good, that good of hunts on you know public and everything. Are you seeing any sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, rutting activity, chasing, grunting? um definitely uh some running activity more so from the mature bucks i mean they're hitting scrapes
1: hard they're they're rubbing i mean i've seen seeing bucks rub and stuff um the younger ones are just kind of cruising around i mean i got cameras kind of littered throughout these areas and you'll see one pop up on here and then he's on there Mm -hmm. the 20 minutes later i mean they're just moving all over the place but uh it seems like the bigger ones there's a couple target bucks that i've had on there for a couple years um and they're they're on those hard already I mean there's there's one that's I mean he's just disappeared now because he's probably with
0: probably doe, locked down you know, so yeah um no that's it's amazing how many different deer Gavin I mean like obviously you guys haven't been able to see this because you haven't got to see the trail cam photos but he's got more deer on his public land piece than like all of the quote unquote private land properties that I have all year long he's had more buck photos and so that. <laughs> is a, to me, that's, you know, obviously we've talked about Iowa public lands, really awesome. No doubt. We have a great DNR, great habitat structures, you know, just great management of the state's resource, but it really shows kind of what you talked about on your blog series is like year number three on these pieces. You're so much further ahead of the mm-hmm. curve. And so I really am hoping that that, uh, is the difference maker coming up for you. Yeah. Scouting is king. I mean, there's, there's no ifs, ands or buts
1: about that. I mean, it's, that's what it comes down to. And it's pro- it, I've proven it to myself in the past and it's continues to shine through, you know, so.
2: Yep. And you can, you can go and, I mean, you can attest this and I, I've experienced it. I mean, you might go walk 20 publics and find two that you're like, this is going to work. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they're not all created equal as far as deer habitat and deer hunting, but you get the right stretch of habitat in the right area. Uh, you know, then you just, you focus on those, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. The sure. biggest thing I've found is those harder to access areas, whether they're separated by water, a lot of topography or things like that, like anywhere that's hard to access for people or just a long distance, obviously, you know, those seem to
0: be money spots, you know, yeah, less it, people are willing figure to figure out, get right on. It. If you guys go watch Gavin's blog, he will be sure to drop you a pin with GPS coordinates and you can check out where he's hunting and have it help there. me. Yeah. At you. <laughs> Speaking of river bottom, Mr. Mike Reed, can we get a sneak peek before we dive into the
2: story? Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's see. I got to back up a little bit here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My goodness, man.
2: There he is. Good
3: night.
0: All I can think about when I'm seeing that is the Kelsey encounter, Kelsey kill night.
2: Mm-hmm. And when D- know.
0: me out I there and I'm through. like, I'm so glad we get to see what he looks like right now. I mean, I that.
2: He broke off uh, part of this brow and then part of that brow, but otherwise it's intact. You know, last year he had broken off his brow and this G3 in September, and uh, that gave him the pass. And um, he actually, you know, I think that his frame was a little bit bigger last year. Um, And this year he's got more mass, you know, but um, cool deer. I mean, it doesn't often happen that the first encounter,
0: how we're going to work this one through guys we're going to try to keep it quote unquote um, chronological and the first encounter is actually going to be with aiden and so if you listen to episodes three and four you know we talked about this awesome cold front that was coming in the late october pairing with the pre rud mike talked about a bunch of different tactics owen talked talked about a bunch of different tactics and you know aiden i think we can dive right into the story you know he was able to put a buck down on november 2nd but really this story starts a few weeks before that, uh, getting permission or, excuse me, you know, just hunting access to a farm extremely late in the game. Correct. Like almost yeah. middle of October. Yeah. I think it was I never even step foot there. Right. The First day we stepped foot on was the 15th. Man. So <laughs> two yeah.
3: weeks. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's that That's easy, right. huh? <laughs> yeah. A little late, a little intrusive, you know, but. I want to come kill their buck. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's start there. October fifteenth. You know, obviously, if you want to give a little bit of background, you know, to you know who you and Avery are, where you guys come from, what got you into hunting. You know, I think that'd be really awesome. Obviously, you guys have had some really awesome encounters and kills over the years, going back to the Drifter Buck, where he comes by in front of the combine, you rattle him up and decoy him. Yep. Three oh five on your guys' first farm that you'd ever purchased you know you've had a lot of special memories this is just the next one so yeah yep. floors all yours brother let us know
3: yeah so uh we first came on the White whitetail i guess it had been the spring of 2021 um and that was the year that we were able to harvest drifter in 305 but we started hunting way back at a young age i think sometime a few years before we got on middles white till we picked up a camera and said you know we're gonna do this film and hunt thing and uh this is where we're at now. So, uh, probably six years later, something like that. So, um, that's pretty cool, uh, ride and aspect to add to the, the hunting that we like to do. So, uh, but no, the the 15th of October, um, Tyler, Avery and I were able to get this piece of ground to hunt. It's 260 acres made up of Creek draws CRP. And, uh, October 15th in Missouri was a day that you probably should have been hunting that evening. Um, it was perfect conditions, but we went in, I did kind of did some speed scouting. I was the first one to get there. I took the side by side around and just trying to find scrapes. Use the OnX app, trying to find scrapes so we could deploy the cutting link system when they got there. Um, by the time we got it all said and done, I had pretty much everything marked and um, while i was doing that i actually found the tree that we end up killing stick tight out of i found that tree it looked like in years past it had already had some sort of shooting lanes cut out of it so i was like you know what that might not be a bad spot to start so (laughs) i marked that one saved that for memory bank later um and i think we were in there till dark that night deploying the cutting link system i think we set up nine cameras which you think you cover a property that size pretty good. You don't. You mess up all kinds of things. We soon realized that after we started hunting that, you know, we're missing a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But soon, right after that, uh, I think it was the 17th, we decided to try to carve out a couple green plots um, just in spots that funneled good, um, you know, that seemed like it might have been close to the bedding. Um, while I was driving around, I kind of jumped up some deer here and there. It's was like, okay, well, well, let's try this for the first year. We were able to put weed in. Um, it's getting a little late for that, especially when it turned cold, but they started popping up. So, okay. You know, it, I think it's going to turn out all right. But, um, then I think a few days after that, we had, uh, stick tight show up and another deer we called 210, um. And stick tight, we had him a couple times. 210 was consistent. Stick tight disappeared for about a week. (laughs) And it was like, okay, he was definitely going to be our primary shooter on the farm. Um, And so we kind of put him at the back burner because we had one picture, I think, of him in that first week. And then it was... uh, Third week of October, right? Yeah, this would have been 18th somewhere like that, I think was the first picture we had maybe the 19th, I think was the last picture. And uh, kind of the back burner, me and Avery were thumbing through trying to figure out what deer we were going to go after we were kind of tied up with work. So we weren't hunting a lot anyway. Um, We decided to go make a set in that food plot where I uh, had found that tree that had already kind of had the shooting lanes cut out. We went ahead and hung a double there. Um, it, It set well for a south wind which we were having several of those and it was just a good observation set. You could see that whole CRP bottom. Um, so it was like, well, nonetheless, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And sure enough, deer activity was thick and heavy in there and cameras weren't picking up most of it. Um, I think the first set we had was the 25th. Um, it was part of the first day, I think of that cold front we had in October. And then we went back in the second day and uh the 26th and that was the day that we'd seen him we had a picture of that stick type buck um in the center part of the farm at daylight about 8 30 and we knew he had to be close it was kind of a toss-up like did he go to the south part did he you know double back and stay out in that big crp bottom that uh, we had been hunting over so our gut or what we was like We'll go to the south part there's a timber stand there and from previous people hunting there before and knowing that area they're like hey this is usually a pretty good funnel we got in there to hang a stand miraculously there wasn't a tree to hang in <laughs> that was going to be very easy wind was swirling and luckily we were early enough they were like let's just back out let's go to the stand we already have hung um that was kind of where my gut was telling me to go anyway and sure enough we encountered him that that's the the first encounter of stick tight. Um,
0: so I'm playing it right now. If y'all are listening on the audio side, one of the things we're able to do here on the video podcast on YouTube is play some of the clips. So, um, right now we're showing stick tight and he's really nice.
3: Yeah.
2: beautiful man.
3: Yeah. The pictures did not do him justice. Uh, that, that deer, when you see him the first time we rattled and Avery's like, he just stood up. He was about 500 yards away, and you could just tell—he's okay, yeah. got a frame on him, you know. He's, he's so
2: tall, yeah, a frame. Yeah, I actually said those exact words tonight. I encountered a buck, and I was like, "Man, the pictures do not do that here, Justin. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I like when that happens.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was definitely—he he turned and came right into us. I was like, "We thought it was going to happen." He ended up closing the gap to like 150 yards. I'm convinced that if we had had a decoy setting out that night, we'd have probably killed him because by the time he made his way there, he kind of lost interest and uh, tried throwing a few more grunts, snort wheeze at him. He'd lost interest and was doing his thing and he went and worked a scrape and kind of veered off and last time we'd seen him. um, But from then on, he was just consistent on cameras. A lot of daylight activity. Um, You could tell he was kind of running the show there that last week, October in there. And we knew it was just a matter of time. We had a bunch of Northwest winds come through then it just didn't work well for that spot we tried hunting down um, in the center part but we were giving up too much for very little um, trying to hunt that northwest wind and you could just tell that when we were hunting i think we hunted it twice on a northwest wind and the activity was way down compared to what we had been seeing hunting a more safe wind so we elected to back out we kind of shifted gears um Avery was hunting a buck uh, the G3 buck here on the home farm and he was kind of being daylight active um so we were here hunting and I think it was yeah it was the November 1st um we got back from work kind of ironic I owe Grandpa a big thank you um <laughs> we had gotten home we was getting ready to go climb in the blind for the G3 buck because he had just daylighted the night before and trail camera picture notification pops up. Grandpa's driving the tractor through the whole core of the home farm, just out looking around. Avery called him. said, "Hey, What are you doing? He's like, Oh, just checking things out. He's like, Hmm. He's like, you know, we had a big deer in there. He was just in there yesterday. He's like, so I should probably get out of here. Yeah, you probably should get out of there. So uh, which it's a piece of equipment, you know, they're kind of used to that. But we were yeah. sitting up here in the house and you could see him. Driving the tractor back through the draw. And uh we're like, you know what, uh, let's just you could probably go in there, probably didn't bother him a whole lot, but you know, let's just the wind's right for stick tight for the first time as the first south after a bunch of Norse. Um, so we're like, let's go let's go hunt there. And sure enough, an hour of being in the stand, <laughs> he pops out. So well, uh, let's take a step back because there's a little bit more to yeah. he doesn't just step out. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> So you'll, uh, we had gotten in the stand. I think we were in the stand 30 minutes. As soon as we got in there, deer were milling around and you could tell that day it was like November 1st, a light switch flipped off. Cameras were just going nuts that day. I mean, the whole day we were getting notifications. I don't think there was one, uh, report that it just, we didn't have pictures. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we knew, we knew we were in for a, a good set. I didn't know if there was a hot dough in there, but. It was just activity it was crazy and uh we were sitting there and i looked down i was scouring through the binos uh through the crp and i kind of had some branches in front of me and i could see a buck on the edge of the crp and he was kind of facing quartering away and all i could see was that g2 and i was like oh it's him i just gut feeling you know i was thinking oh it's him it's him i told everything he got on the camera and i grabbed the grunt call and i threw out some grunts and I had to sit down in the stand to be able to see, and Avery's like, man, he turned, Avery's like, man, I don't think that's him. And I, you'll see, you see the buck I'm talking about. You'd be like, no, that's definitely not him. He was a little dink, but, uh, I had <laughs> seen him and through the binos, I was like, yeah, definitely not. And I turned to look at Avery and I'd plop my binos in there. I wasn't being cautious about anything. I just plopped my you binos called in. that deer, right? Huh? Had you called it that deer? The yeah, deer. that was a deer. I had grunted twice at that deer thinking it was stick tight before I had confirmed that it wasn't. Yeah. And, I, I mean, 30 seconds had gone by from the time I'd grunted to the time I'd plopped my binos in, turned to my left to talk to Avery, and he's standing at 35 yards staring at us. <laughs> I looked at Avery. I just said, that's him. <laughs> Avery, Avery's locked on the camera here. I said, don't move. And to come to find out, I just felt like he was staring through our soul, but he was so co- concentrated on finding that grunt, he was looking past us, and we were kind of in the shadows anyway, so it set up good. Um, but I was, I was caught with my hands tied. We didn't. Ha- I thought I had turned one of the second angles on when I had before I grunted, but I guess I didn't get it. the record clicked on. Um, and Avery was trying to turn. You see him? He just froze out this way with the camera. And you see he just slowly kind of turns this way. And uh, he kind of gets shaky because he's trying to reach up to turn the GoPro on while while he's just glued on us. He finally got the second angle turned on. And I'm set down, got my binos hanging out, and I'm here with my hand trying to reach up to grab my bow off the hanger. And it felt like an eternity. I mean, it was probably two, three minutes, but felt like an hour going by. (laughs) <laughs> and he finally turned and when he turned to start walking I was like okay he's, he's not locked on us he's just trying to find this grunt and maybe get away with it just a little bit more so I was finally able to get my hand on the bow and then he turned and locked another couple minutes go by he turned to walk again I got my bow off got my range I get hooked up I draw and as soon as I draw he turns and faces directly at me and he, that, I think it, we looked on the GoPro, you can see it. It was dead on two minutes. I was at full draw waiting on this gear to turn. And but luckily I was sitting down, but I was able to rest the cam on my knee and kind of drop my elbow and kind of rest it on my bino deal to kind of, and that wall on that point so good that, I could, mm. you know, it wasn't so bad being able to rest it on there and finally <laughs> he turned 25 yards and. Uh, the rest is history. He uh took out across the CRP and ended up bedding down. So,
2: man, man, that's awesome. Well, is- be careful November 1st, blowing on that grunt tube.
3: Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. I'd almost took the decoy in that oh, day. Oh, dang! <laughs> yeah, I'd almost took the decoy in that day and set it up in that food plot. I'm kind of glad I didn't because I don't know how close he was bedded or if he was bedded, but he was close when he was we caught it. Yeah. I mean, he was within a hundred yards, 50 yards and I'm glad we just elected to kind of slip up And And if we, he did have the decoy, I think he was in the right mood that that decoy might not have been there when I turned to the left. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was, uh, it was nuts. It was crazy,
0: man. That's exciting. A couple of things that pop into my head for questions is, so you talked about, you know, your first hunt South winds identified that that, produced some really good movement, yeah. Northwest wind didn't. And do you attribute that to maybe that you guys were quote unquote blowing stuff out with the stand you were sitting in? Or do you think that it had something to do with on a Northwest wind, maybe it wasn't so advantageous for those deer to bed on your property so close. Cause that was one thing that a couple podcasts ago, Mike and I talked about was just like how change and variation mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of south, you get north, all of a sudden things light up. Well, you know, you would expect to have a great hunt Oh yeah, on those days. Yeah. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Obviously you've only been there for two weeks or
3: whatever, but yeah, I think it was the sixth hunt was when we killed. So we did, we, and we only hunted that one field. We did we haven't even touched a, you know, two thirds of the property. But <laughs> from when I had that, it's awesome. When I had kind of done my scouting, I noticed there were several beds in this core area, kind of where I thought stick type could be bedding at some point in time. Um, and for that spot, that bedding there, northwest wind was okay. You could slip in. There's just not a lot of trees. It's tree lines. We didn't we hadn't pulled a redneck in anywhere yet, um, especially with those deer in there. We didn't want to kind of make them, you know, leery bam, there's something new that hadn't been there for the last, you know, however many years. And, uh, we didn't really have time for that either. So, um, we slipped a stand in and I think, I think it has a lot to do with that spot. there being very good for a South wind, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you would think, especially the way they were moving through there, that they'd want the wind in their nose and it never with a South wind. That's not really the case, but, I, maybe it's, you know, you see what's in front of you, smell what's behind you towards the creek in the drawl um, where the wind's swirling. I don't know, but I know with that northwest wind, we were cutting off a very good chunk of where I know some deer were coming from. Um, and maybe when we were hunting that south wind spot up on the other side, um, you know, part of that's cut off. And where we were seeing deer, maybe they were coming from that, that spot down to the north or the I guess be the southeast and by the time we were seeing them we thought they were coming from that bedding I don't know Um, that's one way it could have been going down but we were just giving up a lot of bedding and I know where some deer were coming through because on those south winds we'd have we had a camera right below the that northwest winds uh, uh, stand we had and we'd have deer daylight through there when we were there obviously they weren't doing that. but theoretically it should have worked perfect for stick tight if he was bedded in that he would have been out in front of us but i don't know it's just one thing we'll have to kind of learn and i don't know that that spot's going to be a great it was okay to get down there and close but i don't know about that time of year maybe in the rut maybe a morning spot when your thermals are rising but yeah i just
0: i think it's an interesting thing to think about because i mean if you think Northwest winds, the only time you're ever going to have a good hunt, a cold front, I mean, this, yeah. this, uh, sequence of events would, you know, probably yeah. lead to, like don't overlook any day that you have the chance to hunt. Oh yeah. It's, well, that you can see a long ways. And yeah. so you're getting to observe quite a bit. And, um, I appreciate you sharing a story with us, man. I'm really excited yeah. to, to bring the episode to, to life. And I think that we're going to end up pairing that with Zach Rosem um, one super cool thing that i feel is important the viewers or listeners get to know about you and your brother you guys bust your tail
3: not only have you because how old are you 24 24. i had to think about that how old (laughs) uh he's 24 doesn't get
2: any better buddy
0: so 24 years old 21 years old you guys purchased a farm together and I mean, that would mean that your brother was in his teens and you I were in your he was 19 and I was 21. Exactly. I mean, like there's, there's so much to be celebrated about that, man. And I think that's the coolest thing in the world. And so here you go, you got the home farm, you've got a place you put your own sweat and equity and put the money up for, but it's, you know, a similar thing. To, like I'd say, Zach is like, it's not that you don't have enough to hunt but you love it so much that you're going to go out of your way to figure out the next permission farm, the next, whatever it is. And, you know, for it to come together on this place in three weeks or two weeks or whatever it is, it's just a testament to like hard work pays off. You know what I mean? I am uh, really excited for folks to get to
3: see it. I'm excited to see it. I haven't actually got to see the kill day. So yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm excited to, get it all put together so and see that we see what the story looks like and <laughs> all put together and everything i think it's going to be something pretty special so yeah the well, six I, day challenge yeah that ain't no kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't always happen like that we've done a lot of hunting with uh maybe never <laughs> yeah i think last I, well I, last year i went and hunted a lot of days and never did kill so
2: yeah Yep. I think, I think it's, that can be a competition on the show here. We just, all right, whoever can get a new property and kill right. in yep. six hunts or less. Yep. <laughs> just own, just okay. Yep. Let's see it. It's fantastic, man. I love it. Yeah. It well, feels just- good when it does work out. Oh man. That's yeah. <laughs> cause cause the 99% of the time it does it. Yeah. But it's that's interesting to, to notice a tree too, though, that you say, you know, somebody hunted there once upon a time.
3: Yeah. That, that's <laughs> like those lot. old
2: wooden stands. You know, you're like, this is probably a good spot.
3: Yeah. You could see there was a great big branch cut off, you know, fresh cut laying on the ground. I was like, you know, it's already got shooting lanes. That's a lot less work we have to deal with later on. I'm like, well, it's worth a shot. You know,
2: yeah, it's worth a shot. That's right.
3: Yeah. Well, wow.
0: congratulations again, man. Thanks. You were one. It's so funny. Like we were talking about it amongst ourselves, but that front and going into the first few days in November, we're obviously only into November 3rd right now, but it seemed like every time I got to service, it was a new, Hey dude, buck down. Hey dude, buck down. And so you were on the back end of that, but I mean, dude, it's at I don't know, 11 or 12 team members that have put deer on the ground. And you know, that takes us back a little bit in time. Yeah. DK. DK. <laughs> it did not take just one hunt.
2: <laughs> it yeah.
0: did one it's
2: interesting. It's, it's always fun to follow a deer for you know, and uh, for so long, I mean, we got, I'd have to look back and see, you know, we'd probably even go farther back, but when he was a three-year-old is when we really started, started saying, Hey, that deer's got some potential and, uh, one of the encounters that jumps out in my mind is actually when Grant shot Bob, you mm-hmm. know, he came out first and they were even talking about shooting him. He's like, is he three or four? And mm-hmm. he was always kind of a bigger bodied deer. And he was like a, I don't know, 135 inch, 140 inch eight point. Yep. And, uh, you know, Grant, Grant was like, he's too young. He's too young. And it was, was kind of neat for me to watch Grant be like, no, I'm not shooting that deer. But uh, And then. The next year, as a four-year-old, we had quite a few encounters with him. He grew little tiny G4s. And then, um, you know, last year, so when he was a four-year-old, we said, well, he could be five. We were never really sure. Last year, I was like, well, he's certainly a five-year-old, and he's on the hit list. He showed up in the summer, big old velvet frame. I was like, God, look at that thing, split G2. And in September, broke those tines off. And I I mean I talked to a few of you guys about like maybe I should still hunt him you know I don't know I don't know if he's going to make it and uh you know he's such a big typical uh frame and you know I got a good taxidermist so you know I was kind of going through that thing then, <laughs> but I was like no 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 let's just see what he does and um it, you know he's he's one of those deer that he doesn't really live on the farm you know he's he visits the farm and when he was younger, he seemed to be on there a little more. But uh these last couple of years, he's definitely off the farm the majority of the time. And he'd come visit the farm. And you know, you get pictures of him not infrequently, but it wasn't like some of the other bucks, whereas every day it was like, you know, it's every three or four days or whatever. And you might have an encounter or two, but it's not like we saw him like I'm seeing that moss deer right now. I'm like, moss is in there. I mean, we see him every hunt almost. And um you know, last year we were hunting Kelsey. I mean, I I didn't have a buck. I wanted to hunt on the home farm and we were in there a ton and we ended up seeing him off in the distance twice, which once November rolls around, you can, you can generally see a lot of the river farm based on where you're sitting. Um, but nothing up close and personal. And then we had that encounter Gavin was filming me when I was hunting Kelsey late season. It was like, all right, finally some good, good footage of him right there. And, uh, actually kind of reaffirmed I was like, I'm, I'm glad I didn't like want to hunt him or anything. I saw him. I was like, you know what? I can't wait to see him next year. And he popped up this summer with just looking great enough mass. I thought like, maybe he won't break in September this time because the year before he busted his beam off. And, uh, when I shot Marino, I mean, he was out there in the plot that night and we've we got some good footage of him and, um, I actually have the busted beam four-year-old shed off of him. And, uh, Anyway, really, really sort of was, he was my focus this year and I I was ready for the long haul. I mean, I was like, all right, this is going to be a deer where we have to, we're going to have to hunt him all year, put our time in, be patient, sit in the right spots. And hopefully we cross paths. And, uh, you know, we had that beautiful front. I was like, this is a great opportunity. And so we were sitting, sitting in there, sitting there, sitting there. And there was a little period, obviously with EHD. I'm just, I'm nervous. He disappeared because he got in there and like, we'd get a picture, maybe one picture a night on one camera. And so, all right, he's coming in and he's taking a little dip through the farm and, and going and leaving. And, uh, then he, he went quiet for a bit of time. And I was like, man, did he die? You know, Caleb's finding all these dead deer and we found some dead deer. And then my neighbor found this, this, this pincher buck that, he actually texted me earlier today, he's 182. I mean, he's a big, big, giant, massive deer. I mean, a six-year-old buck, another one, four years of history with. And one that I was, either me or the neighbor, I was hoping we could hunt him this year. And I'm like, man, that would be just so tragic if if all of these bucks are just dying to be HD. Anyway, and, and Ryan and I are, we get one picture at midnight one night. I'm like, all right, he's still alive, you know. And so the front, I'm like, let's get in there. Let's, let's, let's hunt him. Re- rekindled the uh, excitement for it
0: is this the and, front? sorry to interrupt you are we at the middle of october front
2: no we're, we're like this last little good cold front i mean it's it's um so we just dove in there i mean i've been i'd made a few sits for the um in the pinch you know the week before when we had some good weather but we were trying to hunt them on food before the we were getting to the pre-rut stage you know i was just going there in the afternoons i wasn't really hunting mornings trying to hunt them on food and early to, no early september we had him on one food plot a lot and they kind of disappeared but i was like well you know this time of year in mid-october i'm more likely to catch him coming to these these food sources but this this cold front that um we're just talking about october 28th 27 28 29 um which it hit owen you know owens three hours west of us so it hit owen a little bit before us. And he had a killer hunt. And then everyone was texting kind of saying like, man, I'm so dead tonight. And that wind, we had a 40 mile hour winds. And I wasn't having bad hunts. But it wasn't like, I mean, it wasn't crazy where you think, man, this awesome weather, and this awesome front, October, whatever it was. Um, We had a couple great morning sits in the pinch saw some four year olds, three year olds chasing young bucks chasing like good activity. Um, But just no decay, which is, which what I wasn't expecting him to just roll in the first cold front, obviously. But, uh, we roll up to October 30th and I think with the real feels about 16 degrees and it was that it was a cool, it was a calm day. It was clear, high pressure. You know, you just, it felt really good And the morning before actually felt really good too. We ended up seeing 30 deer, I think, but it was all young young bucks and, and does. And I was like, I cannot believe there's not one wrecked buck coming through the pinch. Cause we had sat so many times right there and seen in, in worse conditions I would say, and had, you know, good encounters. Gavin, when you film me, I mean, big, the big three year old, big four year old, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, they're grunting and eating acorns and the, the pinch is great any year, but this year with the acorns on the ground, it is, it is really good. And so there it is, you know, you got the, the river, on the right hand side of the screen, and and that little native patch, there's a slough just inside the the timber there. And my stand is just inside the slough. And um you got that grass on the river, and they really pinch down right there. But all those green leaves you see on this on the screen, those dark green, that's all red oaks. And uh, there's a lot of acorns this year. I mean, it's, it's just been unbelievable. The deer come in there in the morning and they just feed and feed and feed and feed. And bucks come and chase the does around, they, they'll run out of there and then they end up, they come right back in, and they're feeding and they're feeding. I mean, it's, they just want to be right there, which is, I, I've never seen that in six years on the property. Um, and so anyway, we had a great first two hours, you know, sun comes up at legal shootings at seven. And we had a young nine chasing deer around, and then I could see moss. We didn't get any footage of him, but he's off in the wetland just dogging a doe. And I'm like, man, it's, 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 we're one day in further into it, you know, and, and here it is. I mean, they were just running all around and grunting and chasing young bucks. And, and, uh, it was the activity was dying down close to nine, which it had been most days that last week of October where, they're all sort of meeting there in the pinch, but then they work off to bed, and then they got kind of it would get kind of quiet. And so nine o'clock rolled around, and I was telling Ryan, I said, "We should probably do an update. It's been a couple hours. Do a little update interview." And, and he says, "I see a deer. I see a deer about eighty-five yards off." I'm like, "Okay." And so yeah, I look up, and there's a along the river. It's kind of thick, where I I don't have a great uh, picture when I look that way, I can't see what's coming. There's one stretch and they they often walk up there and then they, they're sort of on you when you can see them. And so I, I pick up this doe and the doe is looking across the pinch away from the river at the field edge. And a lot of times there's a mowed lane there and the bucks are working scrapes. And so I'm, my attention turns over there and I'm looking, I'm like, maybe he's over there. What buck's over there that she's looking at? And, uh, I've got, it's cold, you know, I've got my, my beanie on, I've got my hood on and I, I'm glassing. And uh, so my left peripheral vision is, is gone. And I'm looking over there. I don't see anything. So I I kind of sit back and out of the corner of my eye. I mean, DK is at 32 yards <laughs> and I'm like, Oh yeah, he scares me. And, uh, I look at Ryan, i like, right. DK's right here. Rice filming him, right? Just like he's on him. He's filming him. He's just like, well, you know, afterwards we laughed about it. Cause he's like, I don't think I ever even tried to say something to you. He's like, I thought I did, but I don't think I actually did. And he thought I was sitting still like looking at him, but I was so fixed over here. And you know, what's interesting is late in the morning, that doe is right there. There's another little buck behind the doe that I'd seen. I just never saw him slip up the trail. And he's just eating acorns. He's not doing anything. He's eating acorns right here. And then he, he walks in. He's just feeding. And, uh oh my gosh. Look at the body on him, man. The neck, the face. He's got saggy eyes. That's just Iowa. <laughs> yeah. And he's always had a big body. You know, I I, I shared that picture with you Uh Josh, I think it was at the summer meeting in June mm-hmm. of him actually right here on this camera, and um, you know, I'm like, that's got to be him. I mean, he had bases and brows, and his body was just so massive. I was like, that's got to be DK. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, he walked in, and I, I was so bundled up. I told her, I said. If we see him, hopefully we see him a little ways off because I gotta like take half my clothes off to shoot. So cause I was I was like, there's no way I can shoot. I have my thick gloves on and seventeen layers over my neck, my ankle point. So I stand up and take my gloves off and take my hood off and pull my neck gaiter down and you know <laughs> uh get my bow and he's facing us. You know, I think I ranged him like it'll be funny to watch him the GoPro because I think I ranged him like six times. Like, okay, 32, 32. 32, take it down here, 32, <laughs> where is he, is he going to go right or is he going to go left? And he actually walks just perfect, just what you want him to do, right right in front of us through this nice big gap, I'm at full draw, it's 25 yards, and I'm like, let out a big bleed at him, he doesn't stop, he just keeps walking right through, and he gets in this other clump of trees, and then goes... Uh, where I have a good shot at him, but I know Rye has trouble seeing him from there, just where he's, he's kind of behind, we're in this double cottonwood. And so I'm at full draw and I'm just waiting and I hear Rye say, no, 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 no. And I'm, I'm okay, you know, and he stops, he's just eating an acorn, you know, and he's standing there broadside at now 22 yards. And so I'm, I'm at full draw and I look back at Rye and he's, and he's got the camera arm all the way extended out. He's like, okay, okay. And so, you know, go down and just I mean, it hit the mark, you know, yeah. and then of course he wheels around and I can immediately see blood coming out of his mouth and felt confident in the shot he's doing the death run. I mean, it's just as hard as he can go. And like, well, he, he runs like he's going to run back where he came from, but then he loops around and goes on the river's edge. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'm looking at him in the binos because actually, Dak, when I shot Dak out of that stand, he did the exact same thing. He took off to the north and he looped through that grass patch. And I'm like, man, he's going to go in the river. And I have nightmares because of prodigy in the river. And um, and I'm watching him like, I think he's going to just jump in the river. I'm like, oh, my. He's on the edge. He's on the edge. He's on the edge. And then there's a bunch of there's a cluster of like all these little trees. And we lose him. And I literally turned to Ryan. I said, I didn't hear a splash because, <laughs> because I was like, did he just like go off the edge and uh anyway of course we, we talk about everything we, we look back at the shot i'm like look before i get too excited i want to get down and see blood and uh i have all this this confidence from the initial my, what i saw with my naked eye but so we gave him a little bit of time climb down look i mean there's it's a great blood trail and so i'm like all right all right what i thought happened did happen so we start following the trail and um we get to the river and I take a peek. I'm like, let me just, let me just glass the river. Let me just glass. make sure he's not in there you know? <laughs> right away. Two seconds, he's just stuck on a log, like a hundred yards down the river. And uh, we follow the blood trail, right? He stopped just on the bank. And of course it's a drought year. The river's really, really low, most of the river. And he was just on the cliff and it's about 16 feet down to the water. And you can just see where he tumbled just over head over heels down the bank. That's actually my arrow broke when he fell. My arrow was on the water's edge and, uh, the rest of it was in him. And, uh, you know, the vast majority of the river, it's a sandy bottom river is ankle deep, but this is a inside curve and it's probably five feet deep that whole way. And so there's a little current and he floated down and got caught. And, you know, we had a lot of fun getting him out you know, I tried to get in the canoe right here, but because it's ankle deep, I bottomed out <laughs> some weight, I guess, but, uh, eventually got to the deeper part and were able to get up to him. I, I actually tried from the bank, from That's the crazy. bank, I could so see cool. the bottom, the water was really, really clear. And so I actually went home and got some chest waders and I thought maybe I can, maybe I can crawl out to him with the chest waders but it was just a little too deep for my waders and so yeah we, we dumped the canoe in there and drug it over to the deeper part and uh i just hooked the rope to him and we hauled him out of there but mm-hmm. wasn't quite a there's no way i was get swimming you know <laughs> i made the joke on the instagram post but um for everyone out there listening that was one of the stupid things i've done in my life Swim a river in 40 degree water. So you know, it, it, was, it all worked out, but uh, I would not recommend. So uh, we were, and I actually still got wet. You know, I got in the water thinking I had good waders, but uh, I got about waist deep and I was like, not good waders. Not good waders. <laughs> so it was, uh, I guess I don't duck cut enough. But um, anyway, it was great. Ryan Gavin were there. We, uh, we had to work to get them up that that big bank but um you know it just doesn't happen like that very often you know I I really had my mind on the long haul for this deer and then the right weather pattern the right time of year he's not off lockdown or chasing you know just the right situation and he just strolled on in and I mean wouldn't you love a 22 yard shot on every buck you ever shot at you know relaxed so it was uh it's beautiful i mean i super happy with him and uh great deer my biggest typical and um just pretty cool to you know have that much history with the deer and be able to get him on the ground
0: well we'll have to if you guys are listening go over to the youtube video and drop in the comments a score make a guess i haven't heard it mike don't say it make your guess whoever gets the closest or if you get it spot on we will get in contact with you and try to get you set up with some Chasing November apparel. I think that'd be a fun little contest to do. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of things that jump into my mind. Um, you know, Obviously, you made a comment about 2022 that the, you know, DK was not on the farm very often. Do you think that the number of bucks that between yourself, Bella, Mike, or excuse me, Rye and Abby, because how many bucks did you take off the river farm in 2022?
2: Yeah it actually was six. Um, you know, I shot Poseidon October 6th and then hunted Kelsey all year. And those were the two that I wanted to chase. Um, you know, I, when the end of September was rolling around and I was like, okay, which bucks I'm going to chase. And I was, I was really focused on Kelsey. Poseidon, I was, he had just showed back up. I was trying to kind of figure out what he was and he strolled in the first sit and I was like, yep you know and shot him and I was like that doesn't happen very often either but uh pretty cool uh, just uh that worked out and then obviously Abby took Rob that was a deer that had was at least a six year old and big bully buck that was all over that area and uh you know rack size doesn't matter a lot of times uh in fact last year we asked ourselves a lot who broke him yeah you know in September, but. Um, You know, that time of year, Kelsey was actually on that end of the farm, and Kelsey was very dominant all over the farm. Um, He has a year age on DK, and, you know, Rob had a year age on DK. The buck that uh, Rye shot wasn't really on that end of the farm, but another mature buck that was kind of on the south end uh, that he was able to take when I was hunting Kelsey. And then Bella's buck, another one not as probably as important of a player, one that always showed up late season on food. It wasn't one that we ever got in October, November, or December, really. It was, it was always late. He'd always showed up at post You know, so probably not another big factor, but you look at taking out Kelsey and Rob as two very dominant six-and-a-half-year-old bucks on that end of the farm. It's hard to imagine it not making a difference. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean— you you just have a void there and um you know and it's not like he's in the farm a ton this year I mean we didn't get far enough into the year I, I do think there were two times this year that I had pictures of him pretty far to the south you know uh, around farther south than when I had filmed them late season that one year when I killed Marina which is already almost let's see it's almost half a mile i mean it's 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 a good it's a good chunk it's 800 yards you know something like that and it's almost half a mile um you know and granted this year is a little interesting because there's so much standing corn and they literally got it out i kept telling rosa we might not be able to really get on him until the corn comes out and i mean they were taking the corn out the day we killed him. they were in the combine an hour later and i said well turns out we didn't need the corn to come out you know but uh It is interesting to see how the farm has changed because now all the corn is out as of today officially and i mean the deer just really move into the farm i mean it's it's 300 acres of corn around there and all of a sudden all that cover's gone and so and the whole wetland is grass i mean it's all willow thickets and grass i mean it's all cover so a lot a lot of deer move in there um but yeah like it's hard to imagine yeah, if That didn't make a difference. Being more inviting, having less bucks fighting him, pushing him out. I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to think that he was the most dominant one in there.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess to end the DK story on this podcast, you guys can uh, expect to see that. So right now, tentatively, the schedule we're going to come out with Monday, we're going to feature Owen's wide eight kill. What else is going on that
1: the, um, story for lucky.
0: Yeah. Potentially we're going to try to fit in an update with Caleb Griner. He he joined us on a podcast. I want to say it was episode two or three and he had found that deer that he was calling OG, which for those that follow his blog was an absolute giant in his own right. Well, the lucky deer that is just kind of once in a lifetime, uh, Caleb was actually able to find him too. And so his bad luck streak of ehd you know pretty much wiped out almost every deer that he was hunting Mm -hmm. and we'll definitely try to get him on the next podcast to bring everybody up to speed but monday expect that show i think thursday or friday we're going to try to put together uh, mr aiden's kill here paired with zach rosmus who shot a buck in iowa and then the following monday we're going to have the dk saga so Trying to bring them to you guys as timely as possible. And, you know, hopefully in those episodes, not only entertainment, but there's hopefully going to come through a lot of different lessons that, you know, you can still apply right now where it's really early in the month of November. Got a lot of great hunting ahead of us. Mike, that brings us to current day. You yeah. have a couple of days off after shooting DK, but vacation rolls on and you've had some great hunts.
2: Yeah, it's been, I mean, we're having a good time. You know, with with my job, I take my vacation. I got to plan it out, so it's uh, I pick them months ago, and it's like it is what it is, whatever the weather is. And I try to take two or three days off each week so that I hopefully hit a good a good stretch of of hunting. But October thirty first with the kids, we go we go um, <laughs> trick or treating. That was the last podcast, so I had my little pack of wolves, and we were out there in the cold weather, and we were trick or treating. It was a good time. But I, I worked all day, October 31st, and November 1st, uh, Aiden, you were saying, I mean, that first South after that string of Norths, I mean, it was, yep. I was in clinic that day and I was just like, look at the activity. I mean, it was one of those days where I was like, ah, I wish I was in a tree. You know, It was, just, it was so good. But uh, a couple of my, you know, I love the last bit of October, but man, November 2nd and 3rd, first, second and third, year after year if I just look at trail camera photos, it is amazing. The number of deer, um, big bucks on scrapes, you know, it's st- you're still just not quite in that lockdown. And I-, I feel like it, it combines with that October 28th to November 3rd is probably really the the best stretch. We say last week's of October, but I, I just love that period anyway. So tons of activity on the cameras, November 1st. And then, um, I was back at it yesterday. Now, yesterday, um, we tried out a, a different property and had a slow morning hunt. You know, I was being kind of conservative. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what deer I really wanted to hunt that buck Rocky on my little 20 acre piece. I haven't had a picture of him since October 22nd. It is one that I'm, I don't know. Could it be EHD deer? Is he, is he alive and well? I'd love to get one picture of him to know he's alive. And then I would commit some time to him, but we have this buck. we're calling Fitz magic. Um, riding in this past summer, but, uh, a little bit of funny story behind that, but it's a lot of history with that deer as well. There's from, we got pictures of my three, four five, six. I think he's a seven year old, you know, and it's, he's always been a smaller body deer and we, we, we referred to him in the past as turn in 10, but, um, we had tons of encounters with him in the last two years. he's always just been a solid deer. And every year, I think there was probably three years in a row where we're like, I hey, kind of looks like a four-year-old, you know, he's, always, he's just always had this smaller, and like, well, maybe last year was a three-year-old, and, uh, now he didn't do much, well, let's see what he does next year, and, uh, last year, I finally was like, I think he's been a four-year-old for three years now, so we, we might need to, we, we might need to go and, like, look at truck camera pictures and try to figure out, because I'm like, is this one that we should get Bell on, or whatever, and I kept, he's always had these, like, little G5s, and, uh anyway this year I actually filmed him in velvet and uh I mean he just he's a beautiful buck and so you know we really should hunt that deer and so we decided to get going after him today and uh went back on the river farm that little peninsula where I hunted Kelsey so much last year because I thought you know looking at where he'd been the last couple weeks um that that's probably where he was bedding and uh unfortunately this morning the wind was not really cooperating i mean we had we were project projected to have a south southwest and it was blowing east you know and then we got some northly kicks and you know that it's trying to switch out of the north for for tonight and so it was kind of all over the place and this morning we're in there and we had a, a young buck come in and get our wind and it, it was he was confused i mean it but he got out of there. Then I'm just looking at the wind, testing the wind. I'm like, we need to get out of here. And before we can actually get out of there, another young buck came in and spooked. And then I look out in the wetland and see a good buck trotting away with him. And I put him in the binos and it's 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 this buck. We call him fist magic. And so I'm like, Well, we saw him, we didn't get any footage of him. And so we got out of there early, went to do some work and um I said tonight let's let's make a shift get on a food plot where we're kind of where he ran and there's a bunch of does and i thought this afternoon would be a good spot i got my spot picked out for the morning but tonight we climb in got three hours to go and we're not even set up i mean i look down in the timber in front of us i can see a doe little spike chases a doe by another little buck comes out running chasing there's two other little bucks sparring over here and I look in the timber and I can I can see a, a big bodied buck walking with my naked eye. I pick up my binos and I'm like, there he is. And it's it's four o'clock, you know. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and it's a little opening between a couple of big maples. And there's a there's two does that were kind of trotting in front of him. So I'm like, All right, he's on that dough. And I have a spike in the food plot that I'm on. And this is he's probably 150 yards off. And so I I grunt at him and He's not looking at me. He's not reacting to me. He's walking towards the doe. And then I snort wheeze and I'm trying not to call too much. He's got deer under me. And then he stops, he turns and I'm able to pick up my binos. He's got ears cupped looking at the food plot. He sees the deer and he's just, he won't move. He's just looking, he's just staring. And I'm like, man, I wish I had a big, buck decoy right here you know this moment but uh i've got two little bucks in front of me and a doe and so and then he just he wanted to go check that doe better so then he walked off and went on the river and and left and uh I'm like well there's a chance that doe just runs they just go the other way or there's a chance she might come in the food plot and I'm, I'm thinking he's she's about to come in the heat so he's he's probably gone for the night we see another five-year-old buck right before dark a couple other young bucks but a, a buck that Gavin, actually, you and I filmed last year at Broken 210. Oh, yeah. We saw him tonight.
1: Nice.
2: And uh, he was just working straight out to the cut corner. I mean, he didn't come to the food plot we were on. He's probably 100 yards off, just on a dead, just walk and 20 minutes to go. I'm gr- I grunt at him a little bit just to see if he would come over just to get a better look at him. Um, not interested. So we actually closed the hunt out, 15 minutes of legal shooting left. There's no deer in the plot. There's no deer around. They've all worked their way through. And the leaves are pretty crunchy right now. So Rye actually looks at me and says, how much time we got left? I'm like, we got five minutes left. And I hear leaves crunching. And I hear them coming from the river. And so I can't see him because it's dark in the timber. He hits the food plot and I'm like, it's a buck. I can tell with the naked eye, it's a buck. But I can't tell what buck it is. So I get him in the, in the binos. I'm like, it's him again. He's out here by himself in the food plot. And I look back at Ry-Ry's like, we're good on light. We're good. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> let me get my bow. And, uh, and at the same time, more crunching. So there's, there's, there's bedding on the river, but then there's bedding in, kind of in the wetland where it's a bunch of young sycamore trees and it's super thick in there. And I can hear another, I'm like, it's another buck. Well, it's a little one-and-a-half-year-old, but it's making noise when I'm like, what deer is this? It's just making so much noise. And Fitzmagic is in the food plot just waiting also to see what buck it is. Well, this buck, it's a young buck. He steps out, and he crosses the food plot and comes to 20 yards under the stand. And I'm like, of course he's going to come walk over here, but he doesn't. You know, the little buck just walks right to the base of the tree. And once he Fitzmagic sees what deer it is, he just, he just walks the edge of the food plot down the mode lane. He's the only deer that has I've ever seen do this is no deer did this tonight. You know, normally they filter through the food plot straight to the corn. Well, he wants to walk on the mode lane, uh, little miss Pris. But anyway, it's 57 yards across the, um, it's 57 yards across the food plot. And so I let him walk by, I've got my bow in my hand now and he gets on the mode lane and I tried just a light snort wheeze. He doesn't react. He's walking, it's loud. And so I, do one grunt he stops and so I do a little snort wheeze and he just immediately starts just he's on the mode lane just pawing the ground I'm like well it still might happen and then he kind of looks around and is like eh. and just kept walking so he's heading to where we hunted last night which is where the main lane comes out of the central timber there's a bunch of oak trees there's a little green pot there it's probably 400 yards from where we hunted tonight but there's been 10 does there every night and he's he just he just walked just like broken two just straight over there it's also on the way to the cut corn but it's crazy you know we, we were hunting dk saying if we want to shoot fitz magic we might want to go hunt him and shoot him because he, he's so active he's on the farm every day every day every day and he's he's so killable and he won't be later and uh anyway it's everything beautifully worked out with dk and then we go in there the first day and have three Different encounters essentially with him in one day. And uh I'm sure we won't ever see him again, but you know, we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> stay after him. And seeing him in person, uh Aiden, that's what I was saying. Brian and I both said, like, man, that can't the pictures don't do him justice. No. Like, I mean, he's a solid deer, and and I was like, man, he's seven and a half. We need to shoot him. And then we've seen him in person, I was like, Man, he's he's a he's a great deer and so uh we got even a little more excited um for the chase and so we'll see i've got i've got the next couple of days off I got to work on monday i've got a couple of days next week so we'll be able to we'll be able to stay after him and i think the best is yet to come you know there's there's a lot a lot of rut to have here so
0: yeah, i hope so i hope so yeah maybe someday we'll be able to talk about some success maybe someday <laughs> <laughs> no, Josh,
2: I- you just got to go out and hunt man
0: yeah, no, I've, I've got to do plenty of hunting, man. I, I, am sorry, I shouldn't be complaining at all. I got to go to Georgia and had great experience down there. And then Brian Brown, uh, real tree films for real tree road trips and hunts there. He drew an Iowa tag, and we have been bouncing around the public land, getting our tails whipped. And last night was my final hunt with him. Well, he called me tonight. He was pulling all his cameras off and there was one bean field that we were just like, man, we really should hunt here. And we just never did. I have no idea why uh really no logical reason he pulled his cameras he got late and he's like i'm just gonna go sit in the ground and he said he saw two 140s 150s on this public (laughs) land bean field so um certainly been in the woods the deer the drop time, and that big nine for me i've got a lot of little bucks so it's basically my strategies turned from early where we had acorns we had that big drop time big nine those acorns dried up they disappeared and so I've been really just putting a ton of effort in trying to pattern the does, figuring out what they're doing every day, because it's only a matter of time until bucks start to show up, you know, on them. And I've had a lot of small bucks show back up, um, a lot of spikes, four keys, and then two of the good three or four year olds. I Man, obviously I don't know how old they are being year one, but they're starting to move back in. So I'm banking that it's just going to be a matter of time. And that's what I was telling him. It's like, it's really hard to drive an hour and 35 minutes, or deer that you haven't had on camera for three weeks but i don't really want to wait for them to make their pass through the farm and not be there right so, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully
2: we can get out
0: there and you this know, time
2: of year you just go sit i mean if you get an opportunity to go sit you never know what's gonna happen right exactly
0: but yeah november 3rd we have got man we've we're having a pretty awesome season i mean it's so fun to get all the texts all the calls Hopefully you guys out there with your, you know, friends and hunting buddies are getting to share in the same excitement that we are for everybody who's taking the time to watch the episodes. We greatly appreciate it. Last week's show had Andy Meldon and his son have an awesome hunt in Illinois over there and already talked about what's coming down the pipe. So for all of you guys taking the time to listen to this one, thank you very much. Continue to check out the daily blogs. Um, obviously Mike just talked about that hunt that he had this evening with Fitz Magic. Rise, working on that currently. And then, you know, our Midwest Whitetail Regional shows, three episodes a week, having some really good action come down the pipe there. We actually just aired an episode yesterday on the Great Plains show that features Aiden's Encounter. So if you want to go check that out, you can. We also had team member Nolan Redeker have an awesome Kansas hunt. I mean, he saw his target buck, filmed some of the coolest buck behavior I've ever got to see, rubbing, scraping, comes right to the base of the tree. And let me tell you, that kid's got dedication to uh shooting (laughs) is number one because the buck that was below him like you said mike good taxidermist probably could have fixed his problems yeah (laughs) you know so super excited to see that and then Corey wolf actually was able to tag an awesome buck with his decoy there in missouri kane gillette who was on podcast number four in Mm -hmm. illinois his hunt aired tonight on the heartland show and just again guys we're trying to bring as much you know hunting action as we can your way Please watch it from a standpoint of, you know, tactics, ask us questions in the comments section. Our guys are really responsive. And then finally, one more mention, I mentioned on the front end of this episode, we're doing our Chasing November giveaway with Arctic Shield. All you gotta do for super simple entry, go to their Instagram page, follow their link tree. They have a Chasing November giveaway section. Go and enter your information and then follow all the partners that were involved. And who knows, maybe you'll be the winner. So. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Good luck next time you hit the woods and we will see you back on the After Hours podcast next time.